Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, yo, what's up, friends? So good to see you hanging in the room with us, cold outside. That Key West campus for Revo Church is looking good right about now. If you're in Florida and you know somebody, give us a call. Uh, if you're watching online, thanks for, for hanging out with us uh, today. Glad you're a part of the family. Uh, I'm a uh, uh, chaplain with the fire department here in Winston-Salem, and uh, I remember the first, first time I ever went out on the scene of a house fire I had a, a guy come up to me, uh, one of the firemen came up to me and said, uh, you know nobody wants to see you here, right? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm gonna pretend like that didn't hurt. Uh, and he said, and this is what he told me, he said, because when the chaplain walks up, you know something bad has happened, right? So that's their mentality. Like if, if, if I show up on the scene, it's because maybe someone has perished in a, in a house fire or something bad has happened. And uh, that happened a few years ago. Um, one, one of the firemen for a... Uh, a town nearby Winston um, had a, had a son that was 16 year old son that was involved in a traffic accident. He dropped his girlfriend off at his house, at her house after they had gone out on a date and driving his truck from her house uh, to their house, he lost control of the vehicle truck slid off the road and hit a tree and a 16 year old kid died instantly. Um, His mom was at the house and uh, he had missed curfew. She didn't know where he was. And so she pulled up her, her find, find an iPhone, you know, and it showed where his phone was, was pinging from on the map. Uh, but the problem was the dot was not moving. And so she knew at that moment something had gone wrong. And, and she and her husband were actually the ones that went and, and found um, their son. And a few hours later, uh, he got a call that his sister, when she found out that her nephew, his son, had, had died in the car accident... Um, she walked out to her car and she had a firearm in the trunk of her car and she took her life right there in the driveway. And uh, so they call Nathan and Nathan, can you help? And I'm driving in my car out to this guy's house and I'm asking myself, what am I gonna say? Like, what do you say? What do you say? And I'm asking God that I'm like, God, what am I gonna say? What's getting ready to happen? What am I getting ready to walk into? Um, because like, I don't know if you have this, let me debunk this myth right here. Uh, like pastors are not heroes. Like I'm, I'm just a regular person like you. It's not like when I walk into a room, everything's going to be okay. Um, like I'm asking God, just like you're asking God, I'm asking God big questions like why? And I'll drive up into the, the, his, his house and, uh, probably 40 or 50 people standing outside and, uh, I walk in and that like, you can hear people start to whisper, oh, that's the pastor. Here's the chaplain, like the chaplain's going to bring a bunch of answers, um, like, like this guy is going to make sure everything's okay. And I walk in and spend about two hours with the family, and there's a common question that's being asked. Uh, it's the question, why? Why did this happen, Nathan? Why did it happen to my son? Why did it happen to us? Why did this happen to my family? Why now? Why this way? Why would God allow something like this to happen? And, and we're standing in the front yard with about 50 people. And this, this fireman looks at me and he said, Nathan, how does somebody get through this? 
And I just trusted that God would give me the words to say in the moment. And after a slight pause, I just, I just looked at him and I said, hey man, this guy was not, not a Christian. I said, look, without God, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you get through it. I don't know how you get comfort. I don't know how you will ever move beyond this without God. I'm just shooting you straight, man. I don't have any magic answers. It's not like I'm gonna show up and once I start talking, everybody's just gonna take a, a sigh of relief. That's just not how it works. Um, but without God, I just don't know. Uh, you, you don't have to have lost a son or a daughter to go through a tough time to be able to relate to someone that asks God, why? Why me? Why did this happen? Why am I having to go through this? What's the meaning behind it? You ever been there in your prayers? You ever ask God some big questions, expecting an answer? That's actually what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about how to pray when you want answers. Man, when you get real nitty gritty with God, like forget the holy language, forget <laughs> like approaching God with, with some kind of means of respect, like you just want some answers. Just like when I walked in with that family, they wanted answers. They wanted to know where God was. They wanted to know why. Why me? Why us? Why now? Why this way? Why this son? Why this aunt? Why? Why, Nathan? Tell me why. What does God have to say for himself? Where is God? Does he even know what's going on? I can relate to that. There's been plenty of times in my life where I've asked God why. Not, not to this extent in his circumstances, but uh, there's been things that have happened that I didn't know the answer to. Why, God? Why would you let that happen? How are you cool with this? Do you even know what's going on down here? Because it seems like down here, everything's going out of control. Where are you, God? I, I wanna talk about a, a, a passage from the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, if you have your Bible, if you have your app, all the notes will be there. Um, Again, you don't have to be in this dire situation to feel what it feels like to ask big questions of God and to want an answer. I don't know if you've ever prayed and like, I've been some times where I've prayed, where I've asked God a question and I stopped talking, almost like I was waiting on him to audibly tell me what the answer was. I was like, all right, God, what do you have to say for yourself? I'm listening. What's the answer? Tell me, God, fill in the blank here. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to speak. This is where God's people find themselves in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. They are absolutely at their wits end. They're struggling. Um, they are calling out to God for answers. They are experiencing all of the emotions that you would associate with the story that I opened up with and the story that is all too common in your life as well. If you've lived on the earth any amount of time, you've wanted to ask God questions. You've wanted God to answer you in the midst of, of what's going on. And out of all of the emotions that they're feeling, they're feeling anger, they're feeling resentment, confusion, pain, heartache, they bring all of this to God. They bring all of these questions and we, we get a little insight into it in, in verse 27 is where we see some of the questions, some of the, the feelings that they have with God. It says, uh, oh, Jacob, how, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? This is uh, Jacob and Israel were names for the nation of Israel, names for God's people. And so uh, Isaiah just says, like God's people, how, how do you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Isaiah is acknowledging that the people are asking God some tough questions in their time of, of need. They're, they're asking, like, does God know what's going on in my life? Does God even care? Because if he knows and he's not doing anything, then it almost seems like his silence is speaking great volumes. 
Does God know? Does God know what's going on? Where are you, God? Do you see my life? Do you see my problems? If you saw it, then why did you let it happen? It's not fair, God. It's not fair that it happened to me or that it happened at all. That it happened to this person. God, where, where are you in the midst of this? I shouldn't be hurting like this. God, I shouldn't be struggling like this. Where are you? What are you going to do when your life begins to cave in? Where are you going to turn? Where are you going to go when everything starts falling apart around you? Where are you going to go when you don't know what to do? Where are you going to go when you've got questions that you want some answers to in your life? Well, in, in this chapter, I want to I show you four things that God tells Isaiah. Four things that as these people are asking why, as they're calling out to God, as they got some hard questions that they are demanding an answer for from God, God reminds them of four things. Four things to remember when you are waiting on an answer from God, when you want to hear an answer to your, to your prayers. We see the four things to remember. Please write this down because if you're not in it right now, you're, you're going to be in it. You have a friend of yours that is in it right now and this could help them. The first thing that God says in, in Isaiah chapter 40 is this, four things to remember. Number one is this, you and I, during times of difficulty where we are needing comfort, where we have questions that we want answers to, we have to remind ourselves, remember who God is. In those moments, we gotta remember who God is. Listen to what Isaiah says. He reminds the people of this in verse 28. He says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. God has this moment with them uh, when their world is falling apart. He reminds them, hey, when your world is falling apart, when you need some answers, the answer is not to run away from God. The answer is to run towards God. Please remember that. We have a tendency that when life gets hard, we wanna turn our backs on God but we actually need to lean into it. And in this moment, when they're asking these hard questions, uh, God has a, do you know who you are talking to moment? Your mama ever told you that? You ever accidentally let something slip? Me and my brother did this occasionally. You say something and you got, you got a little bit of sass on it. You say something and you probably should have worded it a little bit differently to your mom. <laughs> and when it comes out of your mouth, your mom, raises her eyebrow a little bit. She looks at you and says, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> and sometimes my dad will overhear it and he'll be like, yeah, who do you think you're talking to? You don't talk to your mom like that. You can talk to your buddies at school like that, but you're not gonna come home and talk to your mom like that. Let me remind you of who your mom is. Let me remind you of this relationship. God, in this moment, has a let me remind you who you are talking to moment, but not in like a, a condescending way, but in a gentle, loving, kind reminder for you because if you remember who you're talking to, it will change how you talk to them. And so we go down the list of things that God is reminding them of who he is. It's, it's, it's really easy. I think sometimes when we begin to pray, when our faith begins to wane a little bit, when we begin to lose sight of God and who he is, it's a good reminder for us to be reminded of who we're talking to. God reminds him here, I am the everlasting God. God reminds him, he says, I, I was here before you and I'm gonna be here after you. This is the moment where your mom looks at you and says, I brought you into this world. I can take you out of this world. 
Scripture tells us that God was, God is, and God is to come. He had the whole world in his hands before you got here, before your problems, before your prayers, before your life. And when you're long gone, God will still be here in control. There's nothing that you're going through right now that is foreign to God. There's, there's no chance that your problems, your emotions, your prayers, that it catches God off guard. doesn't. He was here and he always will be here. He is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the world. I am the everlasting God. I am the creator of the world. See, when you are the creator of something, you own it all and you know it all. That's it. Like there's not a scenario in your life where something that you are going through takes God off guard. God has never had to Google the instruction manual for your life. He never looks at you and says, whoa, man, thousands of years have gone by and I have never seen that one. I didn't even know like you could even do that. Man, that's wild. Let me get back to you on that. I need to come back. I'm going to read up on the manual and Google some solutions and I'll come back to you and help you know. Huh? He made you. He created you. He knows everything about you, everything about your emotions, everything about your life, the number of hairs on your head. He has, scripture tells us that he has every day of your life written in the book. He knows what happens in the end. You don't even know what happens in an hour from now. But God knows what happens in the end. Why? Because he is the creator. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the world. Knows it all, made it all, and can do it all. If you realize that about God, it would change the way you talk to him. It would change your attitude towards him in prayer. Maybe it'll take the panic and the uncertainty off of your prayers with God if you knew he was the creator of the world. He never gets tired or weary. I love that aspect of it. The Bible says that, that God never gets tired or weary. God does not work a nine to five like you do. God does not sleep at night like you do. Eventually you get tired and you have to clock out. You have to unplug and go to bed and hope that tomorrow you'll have enough energy for tomorrow. Did you know that God never sleeps? He never slumbers. He says his eyes, scripture tells us his eyes are always watching over his people. I, I had a pastor friend tell me one time, he says, you know, you, you should never uh, be worried at night so much that you have to stay up. Like if you, if you can't sleep at night because you're worried about your day, he said, let me remind you of something. God is up. He never sleeps. And so if God is up and he has your situation in his hands, that means you can go to sleep. He does not slumber. He does not sleep. Scripture says his understanding is immeasurable. So there's not a situation in your life where he doesn't understand and empathize with what you're going through. There's no scenario in the world where God's like, I just can't relate. I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you're going through. I, that's never happened to me before. I, I just can't relate. Can't understand it. I'm God and you're just a, a peasant here on earth. Some human can't relate to it. No, his understanding is, is without measure. So Isaiah starts, he says, hey man, let me, let me remind you who you're talking to because that'll give you some perspective even when you got some hard questions. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, like God can handle your hard questions, okay? Like God can handle your raw emotions. God is not intimidated by that. Like you don't, you don't yell at God and God walks away and be like, ugh, man, let me give her some time to calm down. No, nah, God can handle it. He's got his big boy pants on. He can handle it. He can handle anything you bring to him any emotions you pour out, any requests that you have, any questions that you might have, God can handle it. 
But he says, but I want you to remember who you're talking to, first thing, is that. Second thing that I want you to do, when we're struggling, when we're seeking comfort, when, when we're asking the questions why in our prayer, and we're asking God for an answer, the second thing that this passage teaches us is I want you to remember what God does. Remember who God is, and then second, remember what God does. In verse 29, he says, this is what God does. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. You ever noticed how when you're going through a difficult time in life, you got something on your heart, something on your mind, when you're searching for answers, it just wears on you. Like it'll drain all your energy out of you. It consumes your heart and your mind. Like every night you're going to bed just completely drained. Like I am done. I can't, like I just can't do any more today. I've had times like that where especially during the wintertime, like it gets dark at like six o'clock and, and like I am worn slap out. I'm like, all right, it's time to go to bed. And, and like one of my daughters look at me like, it's 6.15. I'm like, bro, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm just ready for it. I just need some strength. And I, I, I need some power to, to help me to get through what I'm going through. And God says, where you get your power and your strength from is me. Now we've messed this up sometimes. See, we're in a world that believes if you need power and strength, you know what you need? You need a vacation. That's what you need to do. You need to get out of town. You need to unplug. You need to re-energize. And so just, just, just take some time off. That's what will give you power and strength. You know what you need? You need a new job. You just need to change the scenery, right? Just get a new job, get a new people that you work with, a new profession. That'll give you some energy. Like that'll, that'll happen. Maybe you just need a new relationship. Get out of one that you need or, or that you have or to get one that you don't have or, or whatever. And so we've trained ourselves to think that, oh, I'll get energized, I'll get strength, I'll get power with stuff that I can do. And here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna chase that and chase it and chase it and you'll realize that every one of those things leads to a dead end. And at the end of the day, you'll still be tired and you'll still be powerless, you'll still be weak because the Bible says that God is the one that gives us our strength. God is the one that gives power to the weak and strength to the weary. Don't go chasing what only God can give you with someone else or something else. It's, it's like your phone at night. Like our, our lives all day, we're pushing, we're grinding, we're, we're working, we're doing, we're doing these things that occupy our mental faculties. And at the end of the day, man, we're worn out. And what do you do when your phone gets drained at the end of the day? You gotta plug it in, right? And I don't know if it, that this is probably a condition, but does anybody start to panic when their phone gets below 20%? Like it hits you, it's just like, I don't know if it's gonna make it. Like what happens if, I, what happens if I'm in the car riding home and it dies? And, and we start to get panic and, we, and like we, we, we gotta find a place to plug it in, gotta, gotta charge. And God says, you are the exact same way. Like there's gotta be a moment where you understand that you have to plug your life in. If you wanna be charged, if you want the strength and the power that you need to accomplish life, there's gotta be a moment where you gotta realize, hey, I gotta plug into something. There's something that has to recharge me. Something brings me energy. Something brings me power and strength to get through what I'm going through. And scripture tells us that that comes from God. You gotta plug that in and then what do you gotta do? You gotta wait. <laughs> the Bible tells us we wait upon the Lord for our strength. Just like you plug your phone in and you gotta wait. It doesn't just charge right there when you plug it in for five minutes. No, you gotta wait. You gotta let it sit there and, and recharge. 
our lives, our spiritual lives are the same thing. We got to remember what God does for us. The third one's kind of a gut punch here that Isaiah reminds us. When, when we are asking big questions and demanding these whys, these answers from God, the third thing that this text tells us is we got to remember that, our, that pride is our tendency. Right? Pride is our tendency in life. Here's what verse 30 says. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. When, when things get hard in life, um, Scripture says, <laughs> he gives this analogy of, of young men. Now, I'm in my 30s, and uh, there's a big difference between Nathan in his 30s and Nathan in his 20s, okay? Nathan in his 20s could do anything he wanted. Nathan in his 30s can do anything he wants but he's going to feel it the next morning. That's the difference. There's nothing I can't do now that I couldn't do in my 20s. But when I get up the next morning after doing it, I'm going to roll out of bed and I'm going to be like, ooh, ooh, a little tight back there. His muscles take a little, little longer to rehab. See, when you're young, you can do anything. And when you're young, you're invincible. When you're young, like you, you just think you can take on the world. You can work long hours. You can, you can do things physically with no consequences. Like it's no big deal. And, and scripture says like we can get that mindset in our spiritual life as well. Like when we get tired of waiting on God, we're like, all right, God, I'll do it myself. You won't answer me? I'll take it into my own hands. Like, I'll solve the problem. I'll answer the question. I'm not going to wait on the Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to wait on your timing. I'm going to do it myself. And Scripture tells us, hey, remember, our tendency is to want to do it ourselves. It's pride. We don't need God. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I don't need God. I don't need prayer. I don't need to wait. I'll just get in here and handle it myself. And we end up ruining our lives even more, or missing out on something that God has for us. So it says, man, even, even young guys... Even young people in their, in their faith that think they don't need God and they can do it all themselves. Be careful. Don't let that be our tendency when we're tired of asking. We have this mindset that if you want something done right, you gotta do it yourself, right? Not spiritually. So you can't do that with God. There are some things that God can only do himself. There are some things that God gives that only come from him. So be careful. Our tendency in those moments is, is pride. The last thing Isaiah tells us is this. We've got to remember that trust is our response. What happens when you pray and you're asking and you're demanding answers from God and we don't get the answer that we want? Isaiah says in that moment, man, we've got to remember, we, we just have to learn how to trust Verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Those who trust in the Lord. Some of your translations may say, for those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. Trust is our response. Now, now I'm gonna tell you, God answers every one of your prayers. There's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Now, you might not get the answer you want, but God still answered your prayer. God answers prayers really mainly in three ways. It's yes. It's no or it's wait. But either way, like he is going to answer. Every time you call out to God, you're going to get one of those three answers. There are no such thing as prayers that don't get answered. But what does it mean when God says wait, when the answer is not now? What does it mean? Because he says those that wait on the Lord, those that will trust in the Lord, then their strength will be renewed. What does it mean to, to wait on the Lord? Like is it literally like we're just going to, be in prayer, we're gonna sit in our room until God says something? 
We're just going to wait. We're not going to do anything. God, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from you. This is what it means to, to wait on the Lord. When you're waiting on God in prayer, number one, it, we, got, we got to exercise patience. Patience in our prayer life is saying that I believe that God is going to work things out in his timing. I believe, even though God, is, it, I, I want it done now, it's your timing, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to show patience. And as I'm praying and as I'm waiting and as I'm asking these tough questions, wanting an answer from God, I'm going to be patient, believing that God will work in his timing. Expectation is also what it means to wait on the Lord. We're patient, believing that God's gonna work on his timing, but we also have an expectation. Like when I pray, I'm believing. I'm just gonna choose to believe that God is going to work on my behalf. Like I'm just trusting. I know that God is good. I know that God cares. I know that God loves me. I know that God has a plan for me. If you remember who God is, then you can trust that I, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pour my heart out to you and I'm just gonna trust you are going to work it out. You're gonna work things out for my good. Jeremiah 29, 11. We can, we can trust him. We can trust him in that. We're patient, we expect it. And finally, the third thing, what it means to wait on the Lord is to trust. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you, believing that God will always be there for me. I'm gonna trust it. God, whatever happens, whenever it happens, however it happens, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna pray and wait on you. And in the last part of verse 31, we see how God actually answers these prayers. What happens when you're in a tough situation and you're asking God for answers? There's, there's three things in this, this famous chapter, this famous passage in Isaiah 40. Here's how the, the story closes. Those that trust in the Lord, their strength will be renewed. And here's how God acts. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Three things, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Here's the three responses to God. You waiting on a response from God? Here's the three responses from God when we bring our questions and concerns to him. Number one is this, we're gonna soar on wings like eagles. Now, like I don't know anything about nature. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of nature documentaries, so I had to do some research on this. Like, what, is it, what does it mean to soar on wings like eagles? And the, the meaning behind this, the way this passage is unpacked, is uh, it, it's an analogy on how a, an eagle teaches their young to fly. I don't know if you've heard this story, but when a, when a baby eagle is in the nest and the mother eagle wants to teach the baby how to fly, do you know how they do it? the eagle pushes the baby eagle out of the nest. Can you imagine that? Like you, you would not win any parent of the year awards if, if you had a little toddler and you were like, you know what? It's time for this baby to learn how to swim. And you took that toddler out to the swimming pool and you walked out to the edge of the deep end and you were like, all right, here we go, ready? Woo, and just threw him up in the air. Figure it out. <laughs> That's what an eagle does. An eagle pushes the baby out of the nest and, and what scientists tell us is these, these baby eagles that have no idea how to fly, they, they cannot fly, they flap and they flail and they fall. That, that's what it is. They're, they're falling very ungracefully. And as that little baby bird tries to flap its wings and learn how to fly, here's what the mother eagle does. Eventually, the mother eagle, when it falls to a certain degree, the, the eagle will fly out of the nest, do a nosedive, will come underneath the baby that's falling and the baby eagle will land on top of the wings of the mother eagle. And the mother eagle will then fly back up to the top of the nest, put the baby back in the nest and kick the baby out again. 
over and over and over again until the baby learns how to fly. That's how the baby teaches it. And the analogy is there, there will be sometimes, I don't, man, I don't know, I can relate to that right there. There have been times in my life where I feel like I am flapping and flailing and falling very ungracefully in my life. And scripture says, sometimes God res- God's response is he swoops down in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your free fall in life, and he grabs you and pulls you out of the circumstance that you find yourself in. And you will soar on wings like eagles. Now, I would love to tell you that anytime you are going through a hardship, anytime that you're going through pain, anytime you have a question that this is what God is going to do, he is going to swoop in like an eagle and grab you and pull you out of your tough situation and you will be soaring above it so you don't have to go through it anymore. But that's just one response. Because the next one, God says, sometimes... You will soar on wings like eagles, but sometimes you will run and not grow weary. There are some times where God will not rescue you from it. God will just help you get through it. You will run and you will not grow weary. No, you're, you're going to go through this in life. You're going to have to learn how to navigate these waters. But here's the deal. Like, I'm going to get you through it. You're going to run and you're going to make it all the way to the end. You're not going to get tired. You're going to make it all the way to the end. Like, I'm going to give you your second wind. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to help you focus on what really matters. If you've ever been to a gym, this is the reason why in front of the treadmills, there are always TVs. Because what they're trying to do is to get your mind off of the fact that you're exercising. You ever exercise without a TV? You ever exercise without like headphones in your ear? All you can think about is how much you don't want to exercise. All I can think about when I run is how loud my lungs are screaming, about how much it hurts. I look down on the the screen and the treadmill and it's like, how long you been running? Two minutes. I'm like, two minutes? Man, shoot. I'm sweating, man. I feel like I've been running five miles already. Two minutes. This isn't right. Hit reset, start over again. Like something's not right with this counter. It says 0.25 miles, but I am out of breath. What's going on here? I can hear every footstep feels bad on my legs. Like I can hear it. But when I'm watching the TV, I'm not even thinking about running. When I got the music in, I'm not even, like I'm not even looking down at the screen. Next thing I know, I look down and it's like, okay, it's three miles. It's over. That wasn't that bad. God says, sometimes you're going to be running through it and I will help you to focus on the right things. Even in the midst of the difficulty, I'll help you focus on God so that you don't even know you're going through something so difficult. You will run, but you will not get tired because your eyes will be on me. Sometimes God swoops in, takes you out of it. Sometimes God helps you get through it and you're focused and you run and and like you're you're, you're going strong. and And then here's the last one. Shoot, man, I wish this was not on here. He says, sometimes you will walk and not faint. God says, there's going to be some things in your life that you can't run through. You're going to be so tired. You're going to be so worn out. You're going to be hurting so much. And here's what's going to happen. Scripture says, every day God gives us mercies for the day. Every morning his mercies are new. Sometimes God is going to look at you in the midst of an impossible situation and say, you know what? I'm going to help you get through today. And tomorrow you're going to wake up and here's my promise to you. I'm going to help you get through today. 
and you're not going to know how you can get through tomorrow. You don't know how you're going to make it through this season. You don't know how your marriage is going to make it, how your family is going to make it, how your job is going to make it. You don't know how you're going to make it. And God says, nope, not going to pluck you out of it. Nope, we're not going to sprint. Every day is going to be a struggle, but here's the deal. I'm going to give you what you need for today. You will walk and you will not faint. Like you're going to get to the end of the day and you're just going to realize I just walked the whole day. And I'm just glad that I didn't fall down. I'm just glad that I didn't faint. I'm just glad that I didn't end up giving up. And that was God's promise for you today. God gives us the strength for another day. Sometimes it's just about trusting God with today. Trusting God that he'll give you what you need to get through what you're going through today. And that's his answer. Sometimes he swoops in. Sometimes he helps you through, and sometimes the promise is, I'll just give you what you need today. But God is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the world. He is the one that never grows weary and never grows tired. He is the one who has understanding about your life that is immeasurable. You cannot comprehend how much he knows you and sees you and loves you and cares for you and has a plan and a purpose for your life. I don't know what you're praying. I don't know what at questions that you're asking, how you're calling out to God right now. But I can promise you this, he answers every single time and he will give you what you need to get through what you're going through right now. Just ask. He can handle it. Just call out. Just pray. Just ask. It doesn't have to be neat. It doesn't have to be all tidy and professional. Like just call out to him. Just pray and and he will hear and, and he will answer. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for the encouragement that we have in this text. That you are the creator of the world. You created us. There is nothing that takes you off guard. There's nothing that you don't know, nothing that you can't handle. No problem too big, no question too hard. You don't have to go to anybody else to figure out what we need and how you can help us and meet us in our lives this morning. God, you were here long before we were, and you'll be here long after we're gone. We can trust you, God. Help us to lean in during the moments where we have the hard questions, where we need a comforting answer from you. And God, we're going to believe that you hear us, that you know us, that you love us, that you care for us. We're going to have patience and understanding and endurance as we listen to you and trust that you will answer in your perfect timing. God, help, help us to bolster our faith this morning from this story in Isaiah 40. Thank you for your goodness and how much you love us and care for us. Pray and ask those things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.